You've tuned in to Supply Side Stories. The innovations, influencers, and breakthroughs defining the future of health and nutrition. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Supply Side Stories. I'm Fran Schoenwetter, Director of Content Marketing at Informa Markets. Today, we'll be talking about hemp and hemp CBD extract from seed to sale. In cooperation with Natural Products Insider and Supply Side Stories, our podcast today is supported by FS Oil, producers of quality full spectrum hemp oil customizable for your brand's needs. Joining us today is Ken Iverson. Welcome, Ken. Well, good to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. Let me tell everybody a little bit about you, Ken, um, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about you. Uh, Ken is the co-owner of Iverson Family Farms. He also is a co-owner of Wooden Shoe Tulip Farm and FS Oil. Ken is a graduate from Oregon State University. He's a proud he's been a proud farmer ever since. His farm has grown over 100 different crops over the years, with Ken attending to the uh, agronomic needs. His current venture into industrial hemp started in 2016 and CBD oil extraction in 2017, with Ken leading the charge in many of the current growing and extraction practices now used within this industry. Word on the street has it that whether it's plant spacing, disease concerns, plant nutrition, harvesting, drying, or oil production, Ken is involved with it all. So we'll get started now. First off, Ken, let's talk about you a little bit more for a moment. What is your background? Just just tell us a little bit more about, about how you got here today. Well, we, I was raised on the farm. Um, my uh, parents uh, married and started a farm in 1950. And they had six kids and we all grew up on the farm and worked and uh, four of us ended up staying on the farm and expanding over the years. Uh, just, uh, so I've been involved in the farming life my whole life. Uh, we've, we've always been tried to be innovative, try new new products, new things. We got into the hemp basically when my dad was going through end of life cancer. Um, came home from the hospital and he was on opioids and he was in a fog, uh, really wasn't coherent and we felt that that was not a good place for him to be. So we reached out to our cousin Tim Shaughnessy who had a marijuana extraction facility in Portland, Oregon and he gave us some capsules that had just CBD in them and no THC and says try them out with your dad and within a day and a half my dad was all clear-headed and could converse. Uh, we didn't expect to prolong his life but we wanted the process to be a good process as he was going through end-of-life care. And he was able to visit with people and reminisce and a lot of people got closure and uh, we were really impressed with what CBD did. So about a month later, we had an opportunity to grow CBD, uh, grow hemp for CBD, and we did it because we wanted to help people. You've been farming in uh, in Oregon all this time. And how, how does that knowledge that you brought from that lifetime of farming um, translate into your knowledge of CBD hemp farming? Um, really what we, we always approached the hemp farming um, as trying to approach this in a way that it was more of, of another crop, 
Uh, we we wanted to try to streamline it, make it an efficient process because we know we know anytime you give a farmer a chance to make a profit, he'll give you a surplus and the price drops. And so uh, we just brought a lot of the stuff we used in our regular farming practices and and, and in a, just adapted them to the hemp program and be, felt like we developed quite a very efficient system that way. Uh, we just have treated this as another crop. Well, what would you say um, are some of the uh, unique aspects of farming, of farming hemp and hemp specifically for its uh, extraction, uh, for its extractable components? Yeah, the unique thing of it is 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 a little bit of the reg regulatory issues you run into. We we do wine grapes and we deal with the uh, Oregon Liquor Control Commission on that. But with the hemp and and uh, the you know looking at watching THC levels and then making oil and trying to figure out interstate shipments of the of the oil and things like that, uh, that that's probably one of the most uh, challenging parts of of the hemp program. Overall, it's been kind of a fun puzzle. It's not often you get to start with a crop that's never been used before or grown before, and try to figure out a way to. Uh, make it work and so but it has its challenges I mean because it's a bioremediating plant and picks up everything in the soil and different things so we've had a lot of learning to go on with this process. Well and speaking of a lot of learning then I mean you you come from a farming background but now you're also engaged in the extraction process in, in a rapidly evolving industry where where does your knowledge of the extraction technology come from <laughs> um, from my cousin um, my <laughs> Tim was in the marijuana extraction business and so we really follow what he he was one of our core founders and one of our co-owners of the company and and he had developed a lot of what we do with making winterized oil and distillates and stuff for that. It's really a case of going into the CBD market was to be able to scale this up into a, a, a bigger, a bigger and more industrialized process rather than a boutique process. And so, you know, once you start, it, it looks really complicated. The whole process looks quite complicated, but once you start working with it and understanding what you're trying to do. It's just, we, you know, in farming, you're always adapting and, and using a different equipment to make things happen. And it was just using that same type of knowledge we've grown up with our whole lives and just apply it to this crop. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I hear that you're, you're, you're learning as you go and things are changing um, as you go too. And you're learning from, from others, which is, I guess, really the the way we all, the way farmers farm, you know, you really learn from, from practice and from other people's practices. Who are some of the people that have influenced you or people or groups that, that have come to your facilities and, or what are some of the things you've learned from others? We've felt ever since we got involved with this, that this was a really unique crop and, and, and it had some real good opportunities in helping people. So we've always been really open in sharing our knowledge. Uh, we, in our, you know, a new industry, I call it, you have, you have, uh, you know, dreamers, schemers, and a few honest people. And, you know, we, we felt like it's in our best interest uh, to teach people how to do the crop right and, and not to be taken advantage of. So we're very open on sharing what we've learned. Um, we've had 
both of our Oregon U.S. Senators tour our facility. We've had uh, our representative, uh, congressional representative, state lawmakers, uh, sheriff's associations, all trying to educate people about this crop because there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainty. And, and so it's been, uh, you know, for us, it's been really a, a, an important thing to, to educate and share so that we can bring, make this a, a mainstream industry that everybody accepts. Well, clearly you have the deep agronomic roots and no pun intended there. Um, can, can, you, um, can you tell me what kind of extraction processes you're, you're using today? So we, we do uh, uh, CO2 extraction. Uh, we both do supercritical CO2 extraction, which is high pressure uh, extraction. And then we do what we call subcritical CO2 extraction, which is lower pressures. Um, and they both have their benefits. We, we've just have always evolved to the CO2 from the very beginning because we felt it was the cleanest process and made the best quality oil. And so that's really what we do, everything we do is all CO2. And what kind of different products do you get from, from the high pressure versus the low pressure process? Well, when you do when you do high pressure, you get all the plant waxes and plant lipids along with the cannabinoids out of the oil, and you have to go through a winterization process to separate those plant waxes out. And depending on the potency of the material going in, the the uh, potency of the oil changes quite dramatically. And if you use subcritical CO2, you're not pulling out as much of those plant waxes and lipids. And so your oil becomes out from different strains or different potencies of the biomass going in. The potency stay much more stable. Uh, and we just like the cleaner, clearer oil. And uh, so we're kind of migrating more towards the, the uh, subcritical CO2 extraction now. So really for a customer that you would serve then or partner in that way, it really depends on the application in terms of what, what extraction uh, product they'd use, um, which actually brings me to this sort of bigger, bigger topic of uh, how we entered this conversation about seed to sale. Um, uh, I'd like to hear from you what what you mean when you when you think about seed to sale. We follow the whole process. We 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 grow grow the crop and then we process the crop and sell the oil. You know. Um, it's a, a case of vertical integration that we we would apply to the model. Um, we feel that if we grow grow our own hemp and process it into oil, we have control over the quality all the way through the process, and in the long run, we can make a better quality product. You know, there's a lot of companies out there right now producing um, hemp CBD extracts. Um, how how does FS Oil really stand out in the industry? Well, we feel like we're kind we're kind of a smaller company. Uh, we don't have a lot of overhead in uh, management, uh, and so we're able to maneuver quickly and change uh, approaches to a customer's needs much more quickly than maybe a much larger company. We can we can actually tailor what a customer wants and we can make a product to their needs because we can just we can change those things up we just we're just more maneuverable
So, I mean, today's market is is definitely a, a shifting kind of market. We have a whole different whole different set of influences right now as we're in this pandemic. Um, I, I know it's affected the the CBD industry. Um, I, I know our NBJ stat uh, data um, had some huge projections um, that they made in 2019, and they're reevaluating what that looks like now for 20 and 21 for the market. Um, what what do you th- what what do you say about the, the the market over the supply right now supply and demand for the for raw materials how are you experiencing the current state of the hemp cbd market well it's pretty challenging i'll give you that but um really the i think a, a little bit of what happened in in the industry was there was it started out and there's like there was a lot of hype and a lot of interest and there was actually really good margins and return and and the market got overheated and when we started looking at the market and when you make this oil this oil goes a very long way in a finished product and i think there was all this hype and we we tended to forget that it doesn't take as much oil to make products as everybody thinks and you know we look at it overall as we start evaluating some of some of our customers that we sell oil to and what their market share is that this really is not much more than for cbd is not much more than a twenty thousand acre in the united states crop and you know last year there was hundreds of thousands of acres grown and with no idea of of a path to uh, market and so uh, it just it created this oversupply, and then you know we had the FDA that you know was supposedly going to rule on ingestibles for and give us some guidelines for for what would go in the ingestible market, and a lot of food companies were lined up to put CBD into food products, and then when the FDA didn't do that, that those those markets went away, and so. It just and then COVID hit. It's just a combination of so many factors and and that have affected it. You know, we really think that the market will will grow in the future and it's still growing right now, but not as fast as everybody anticipated. Yeah, it's a kind of like crude oil, you know, and that depresses the price then and oversupply. Um, it does look like FDA is um is uh well, it looks like there's a a bill that's getting prepared and getting ready to go. Uh, in Congress uh, related to CBD and nutritional dietary supplements. So we'll see where that goes. We actually work with our uh, congressional representative, and he's one of the sponsors of that bill. My my sister, who is president of the Oregon Farm Bureau, worked really hard helping put that together and organizing that. And so we think there's a, that's going to bring some good organization to the industry and, and some, you know, I'm not a big one to ask for a lot of regulation, but this this industry does need some regulation right now, and that'll that'll really help. Yeah, on a federal basis, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think everybody that's in, involved in the industry couldn't agree more. There's uh, way too much um, uncertainty, and you definitely want to make sure that um, everyone's playing by the same book um, yes. going forward. So, so where do you think the future the future may may lie? What do you think it might look like? Well, I think I think it you know I think it's going to be about 2022 when the market starts to stabilize. You know, we have a good roadmap in Oregon because we you know uh, had uh, 
it, to follow is is we had the marijuana in Oregon when it became recreational became legal and we also had this big oversupply and now the market has corrected itself and and that market is fairly stable I think that's going to be the same model that happens in in the hemp industry um, but I think it's going to be probably 2022 before uh, that happens you know there's a lot of biomass out there in the marketplace right now but a lot of that biomass is probably not uh you know probably you can't make a product with it it's it's uh very low quality very low potency and it's it's probably not marketable and people just haven't actually realized that maybe yet and so the market will adjust and it'll it'll figure it we'll figure it out yeah so part of what will happen on the regulatory landscape will be about uh, supply chains and uh, materials themselves and part of it will be about the science and how people actually can market the products that they're selling. I know you talked about your your dad's condition at the beginning of this conversation and it made me think about my daughter who had had ankle surgery and completely avoided taking any kind of opiates by using CBD extract for that pain mitigation and you know um, we, we know that it's effective in that way, but um, product developers need to be um, need to be able to substantiate any kind of uh, claims, and they have to be done in structure, function, compliant manners too. So uh, um, you know, we need those regulations to be able to give these companies, these brands, a, a path to market. Well, and we do need you know a little bit like. You know, because we do make a, a consumer product here because when we first first got into the industry, uh, we weren't selling oil. So we decided to make our own products. And, you know, you, you want to give the consumer all the best information you can. And, and we would love to be able to put, you know, how many milligrams of CBD is in in that tincture or in that capsule um, so that the consumer can sit there and say, well, I need to, I need 10 milligrams of CBD. Or I need 20 milligrams of CBD, but we can't label our products that way. We have to label our products with hemp extract. Well, how the consumer has no idea, you know. So, you know, I, I label it with so many milligrams of hemp extract, but is that hemp extract a 20% potency or is it a 40% potency? So the consumer really has no way of of knowing what they're getting. And you know, we have people come in and say, "Well, CBD doesn't work for me," and we'll see. Look at their you know, they'll they say, show us your, what you're taking. And so there's a reason it's not working. You're not, that's hemp oil. It's not even hemp extract. So, you know, it's, it, it's just, uh, we need, we need some guidelines so that consumers can make good decisions too. Right. Guidelines, standards, and, and where applicable standard standardization. Well, for you now, what's your ultimate goal? um within this within this industry as you know for your business as a leader in the in the cbd hemp industry well we're we're already a multi-generational farm and i'm second generation we have the third generations coming back into the farm and you know we always have managed on a generational horizon and uh, you know uh, we would like to maintain this as a family business going forward and and look at other opportunities of their cannabinoids you know as is cbgs and cbns become available we're also looking because we have the extraction facility and and we can make these oils of looking at other botanical extracts at crops that we can grow and use as, as rotational crops with our hemp 
hemp crops under an organic basis. So, you know, we're 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 just trying to figure figure the landscape, and but we always have a really long long term horizon that we look at. It's always a generational horizon on our farm. It sounds like it's really informed first and foremost by your farming practice and your passion for for the agricultural process. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up today, Ken. But I just want to give the opportunity to add anything if there is anything else you'd like to add. Um, just to close up our conversation today, just about FS Oil or just about the industry as a whole. No, I really thank, appreciate the opportunity to, to visit with you and share share a little bit what we're doing. I mean, we're just like I said, we're we're a small company and we're try to be innovative and cutting edge on everything we do and try to do a good job for for the people you know, that we we service. So, you know, that's just who we are. Well, we're happy to uh, to support your business and support what you're doing. And um, I want to thank you so much, Ken, and um, and also thank our listeners for tuning in and thanks as a whole to FS Oil for supporting the content. Thank you for listening to the Supply Side Stories podcast. We are continually looking to improve your podcast experience and want to hear from you, the industry listener. Please take a moment to take our quick survey and provide your feedback at naturalproductsinsider.com slash podcast survey.